Hey guys, welcome back to another Friday episode of the Average Money Podcast, where we answer your all's voicemails. And boy, I got to say this, guys, we're running low on voicemails. So hit us up if you need some. If you got questions you want to ask, Brad and I, leave them in the voicemail. There is a link down below in the show notes where you guys can leave us a voicemail. But we got a good one today. We got a good one that I didn't think was going to get brought up. It's something that I think a lot of us don't think about if we're a little younger, Um, there's also a question in here that may not apply to some people, but if you think about what I'm about to say in this, in this episode, there's a lot that can reach out to every single one of us when we think about this, there's, there's going to be some good points in here. So if this typical question doesn't apply to you guys, trust me, there's something in here for everyone. So make sure you stay tuned and listen to it. But guys, again, this is the average money podcast. I am joined every single week by my good friend, Brad. How you doing, buddy? Fantastic. Never been better. I'm living the absolute dream, bud. That's what I like to hear, man. When so, this is, when this is, what do they say? Uh, a bad day fishing is better than a good day working. I agree with that 100%. That's how I feel about this. This is the best work ever, buddy. It really is. And I love voicemail. I, I get, I love voicemails. I love like speaking to the people. So. And we need more of them. <laughs> yeah, we're, gonna, we're rocking through a rock, right? right. <laughs> we're going to film a lot tonight. It's funny. We think that we need like a bunch, but we're very many weeks ahead. So like we, we're, we're trying to like be proactive because you're going to Hawaii and all. So we're like, we're running out of voicemails. I'm like, dude, we have like seven pre-recorded, but <laughs> I got to be ahead of the game, man. I like to be ahead of the game. So like I said, you know, today's, uh, is it, some people may be listening right now and be like, or when they hear the voicemail, they may be turned off by it or not turned off, but it may just think that doesn't apply to them. But trust me, I got some things in here I want to say that's going to apply for everyone. And I think it's some good things to think about, even though a lot of our listeners tend to be, you know, probably 35, 40 and under. So this may not even be in our mindset right now. But uh, judging by the, we don't have the title for this really yet, but it's about, it's with social security. And it's really something we never talk about because you don't really think about Social Security until you see it on your paycheck getting pulled out for taxes you got to pay on it. And then whenever you become close to retirement age and thinking about how you're going to do this. So there's some a lot of good points in this episode. I, I took some time to prep some pretty good points on here. So listen to this damn episode. No. <laughs> yeah, and I feel you either, you either think about Social Security when you're seeing it come out of your check like you mentioned – or you bring it up and someone's like, that's not going to be around when we got there. And I'm like, you can go online and you can see exactly the day they predicted to run out. And I'm so I'm glad. I'm so glad you brought that up because I got a, something I want to read okay. about that. Right, so let's get this voicemail started, man. I'm, I'm excited for this. Let's one. go. Today's voicemail comes from Jake. Hey, what's up, guys? How's it going? Uh, I had um, one question about retirement planning. I'm a first responder. I work for a government agency and my employer offers me a 401a plan in lieu of social security. So the 6.2% that I would pay normally pay towards social security and the 6.2% that the employer would normally pay towards social security instead goes into a uh, 100% vested personal retirement account. My question is, is that something I should take into consideration with retirement planning? knowing that I'm not going to collect Social Security uh, when I retire. I do also have a 457. That's a 3.5% match. I currently have about 5.5% contribution. I've been raising that slowly. So anyway, I'm, I'm just curious to get your thoughts on what I should be thinking about, um, considering I won't be getting Social Security when I retire. Thank you very much. You guys take care. Jake, appreciate the voicemail, man. Um, so when I heard this one come in, I was I was curious about this uh, because 
you know, again, like I said earlier, Social Security is not something we really think about except when we see it being pulled out for our, from our paycheck to pay taxes on. And like you said, Brad, you know, or you hear when everyone was like, oh, when we turn 65, 70, Social Security is going to be bankrupt. They're not going to be there. So I do want, I do have something I want to read from AARP. Uh, it's, I think it's, it hits it pretty well, that, that point. But the first thing, and Brad, I think you're going to agree with me on this, is everyone listening right now automatically plan to not even receive a dollar from Social Security. Like, Social Security is really there for people who don't necessarily, I guess, plan or, you know, may need a little help down the road when their retirement isn't quite fully there. So there's nothing wrong with that. But just for right now, if you're set up or getting set up for retirement, don't even plan on it. Don't plan on that income. Let that be a bonus down the road when you get to that age. And I already talked to my wife about it. And we've decided that when we, if we make it, God willing, to 70, we're going to wait till we hit that max age. And then we'll just pull out the max amount of Social Security. But again, that's not even something we really worry about or plan for down the road. And I think everyone listening to this podcast, you guys are probably already interested in, you know, making your money work for you and how to grow it and how to better your retirement. I would just first already tell Jake, just don't even assume you're going to get Social Security down the road, which in return, kind of, well, Okay, before I get to that, because I'm getting a little ahead of myself here, I first want to read this part uh, from AARP in regards to you know the whole Social Security is not going to be here when we turn 60, 65, 70. It says the facts. First, it says, myth, Social Security is going broke. As long as workers and employers pay payroll taxes, Social Security will not run out of money. It's a pay-as-you-go system, revenue coming in from FICA, the Federal Insurance Contributions Act, and SICA, Self-Employed Contributions Act, taxes largely cover the benefits going out. Social Security does face funding challenges. For decades, it's collected more than it paid out, building a surplus of $2.9 trillion by the end of 2019. But the system is starting to pay out more than it takes in, largely because the, enti- the retiree population is growing faster than the working population and living longer. Without changes in how Social Security is financed, the surplus is projected to return or run out in 2035. Even then, Social Security won't be broke. It will still collect tax revenue and pay benefits, but it will only have enough to pay 79% of scheduled benefits. According to the latest estimate, to avoid that outcome, Congress would need to take steps to shore up Social Security's finances as it did in 1983, the last time the program nearly depleted its reserves. The steps then included raising the full retirement age, increasing the payroll tax rate, and introducing an income tax on benefits. So with all that being said, again, plan on not even having Social Security come retirement age. And what also sucks is, to be honest, man, I would just rather not even have to pay my Social Security tax and say I don't even want it when I hit retirement because I'll just deal with it myself. You know, I'll just, I would rather build up my own retirement fund for myself instead of having to have the government do it for me. But again, you don't make the laws around here. So with all that being said, first, I'm going to say this to Jake. And again, this is none of this is financial advice, but I personally think the 401A is a tremendously better idea because he doesn't have to pay that tax in Social Security now. Now him and his employer are funding that into an account that's going to be and that's growing as a, like 401k. Yeah, he got. I think you got a good deal there. Absolutely. So to make it even better, I got a little scenario here for you, Jake, and for the listeners out there. 
So let's, Jake didn't mention his age or salary, so I'm doing some assumptions here. So let's assume Jake's making $50,000 a year from this job. And let's say he's around 30 years old. So he mentioned that he's putting in 6.2% and his employer is matching 6.2%. And I'm pretty sure on a 401A, that is a, uh, a like you can't choose how much you want to put in. It's, it's a already confirmed amount. So that's 12.4% a year that is going into his 401A. So let's say at 30, you have absolutely nothing. Okay, so you're starting from scratch at zero. In other words, for this is for the calculator of the compound interest portion of this. So now if you let that grow for the next 35 years, assuming then you'd be 65 if you started at 30, and assume you get an average rate of return of 8% on your investment, you would have over $1.1 million in just that account alone by earning that 8% return every year on average. Since you would be 65, you could pull out a little more than the typical 4% rule if you wanted to. You don't have to. But let's say Jake wants to live a nice retirement and he's pulling out 8% every single year. Now, again, just as just for assumptions, not saying you have to do that, you should or what, but let's say you want to pull out 8%. That would be $92,000 a year or nearly $7,700 a month pre-tax, which completely annihilates your Social Security benefit mm-hmm. because which right now in 2020, the maximum Social Security benefit would be only $3,700, or $3,790 to be exact. So Annie would also have to wait five more years to get that max benefit because you have to be 70 years old in order to hit the $3,790 payout from Social Security. So by doing this 401A, He's now getting $7,700 a month, or seventy, yeah, $7,700 every month versus the $3,700 he could be getting with Social Security. So just by doing simple math and quick assumptions, he's killing it by choosing the 401A over the Social Security. And he mentioned, you know, should I worry about that or whatever? Don't even, I, again, like I said, Brad, I'm sure you do the same thing. We don't even think about Social Security for retirement. I think of both my pension and my Social Security as like when JJ says, like, don't think about them. It's not like, don't think about them because they're not going to happen. It's don't think about them because if you start doing the things right, like if you have a job that's put that putting towards your pension, you're probably making enough money where if you start to save and live below your means, like these are going to be gravy on top. So I'm going to agree with most of the things you said. It's pretty cut and dry for me, but there really wasn't much choice for him in the matter. He, I think he was asking, is that a good idea and, or is that a good thing? I think you're getting a better end of the stick. If I had to choose, I would choose that over Social Security. Mm-hmm. I Also, I'll take uh, the part in the 457 because that's kind of like I have a little bit of yeah. a specialty with the 457. I don't really know much about it, to be honest. <laughs> he said that um, he's get So I will, for those people that don't know real quick, the only difference between a 457 and like a 401k or 43b that you might hear is that you can take your contributions out before 59 and a half if you separate from service or leave your job. So I'm a school teacher. I get a 457. If I leave my job at 30 years old, I can now start to pull from that. So think of it as a 401k that you don't have to wait till you're 59 and a half for as long as you're not working anymore. So it's they're pretty dope. They very rarely get matches. So to hear you say that you got a 3.5% match, regardless of what I'm about to say next, I'm going to say at least meet that match. It's free money. Free doesn't matter what the fees are. The fees are not going to be more than three and a half percent. So you're going to win on that deal. The next thing, as I've mentioned before, you have to really watch out with 457s. 
not a lot of you know great options sometimes for investments. The fees can be high. Some people get very lucky. I've made a video how I hate four four fifty sevens and four three Bs, and then I learned some things, and I actually have mine through Vanguard and uh, New York State Deferred Compensation. So if you if you have a good option for fees, then yeah, they're wonderful. They're fantastic. It's I max that before I max my four three B, mostly because I want that opportunity to get that money out before fifty nine and a half. But there is one thing too that. I kind of speak freely about it and I'm not so specific, but you might fall into this category. So I, I want to be specific. There are two types of 457s. There's a 457B and there's a 457F. Okay. Now here's the major difference and you need to, it's very, you can look into it. It's not like they're not trying to hide it from you. If, if you look at your plan, there's either a B or an F. So a B is going to be for state and local government officials. So, some examples of those, teachers, firemen, first responders, things like that, nurses, doctors. The other one, the 457F, is for really, really high up government, like your governors and mayors and things like that, as well as non-state employees. These usually come in the form of like nonprofits. So you'll see like a lot of nurses that work for a private hospital or something like that. They might get themselves a 457 F because they're not a state employee. Here's the reason why I need you to understand which is which. The 457 F is not protected against debtors. So if you are a 457 F and that business that you work for goes out of business and they have debt, those debtors can come after that 457 F plan. If you are 457 B, don't need to worry. And most of us 457 Bers, like I'm not worried about my school district going bankrupt and them like needing to pay people money. I don't think that's going to happen. But nonprofit organizations, if you if you love to save the animals and you work for an amazing nonprofit that's saving the animals, you better like I would probably would steer people away from the 457F. It's not worth it. The risk, in my opinion, you could find other avenues. So that's kind of what I would ask you to ask yourself. If you're an F, get away from it. Put the three and a half percent in just because it's three and a half percent. It's free money. But other than that, I wouldn't even touch it. If you have high fees, like like you put your administrative fees and your expense ratios and they come to like more than like 0.5 or 0.6. There's other options in my opinion as well. And if you're asking questions like this, you kind of probably already know what a brokerage account is and a Roth IRA and things like that. There's no shame in stepping away from a 457 if it's not right as far as fees. Right. And, the, and you'd think to yourself, why do we ha- even have the option? Like, why do they even create these? Well, because people sit around the water cooler and listen to Todd, who's been working in the district for 65 years. And he knows a guy who's, old brother, yeah, you know, good old Todd. So yeah, I think, I think he, Jake's pretty set up though. Yeah, I think so too. Well, that was, I was going to actually, actually ask you a follow-up question. You kind of mentioned it already, but so, you know, he's got that set amount that he can only put into this 401A. And let's assume he decides not to put in the 457. What would you be like? What would you say with the, the next step could be like a good thing for him to think about at least? Yeah, Roth IRA. Yeah, um, that's what I would say. And then one of my new favorite things, which I think has kind of come up in a voicemail, is get yourself some 1099 income and start a, a, solo, so, a solo 401k. It's, I can't <laughs> wait for that one. It's going to be yeah. a good one. So if, like, if you're a first responder and you can pick up, uh, 
I don't know, like my, I know my brother was a PA. He picked up side 1099 jobs at acupuncturists and stuff. Like if you have those creds and you can pick up a 1099 job, make yourself, uh, make yourself a sole prop or make yourself an LLC or an S corp and look into the 401, the solo 401k or the 401i or the i401k. Yeah. I just want to say this, like after like being a sole prop and like having a side hustle, I almost think that like every single American, because I don't know the other tax laws outside of the U.S., but like every single American should have some sort of side hustle that brings them a little bit of income because just with the tax benefits that you get from that, from having that sole prop, that side hustle, like it's a it's a no brainer, really, man. I mean, even if you can just earn a couple hundred bucks that you can just throw into a SEP or like you said, the solo four hundred one k, which you'll have to kind of teach me a little bit more about that in the future episode. But yeah, man, it, it's it's an almost. When I started like seeing all the thing extra things I could do, I was like, why is not everyone doing this? I know we can digress for one second, but what I realized, I used to say, oh, it's a side hustle. It's only making $400. Who cares? But then I'm like, wow, it was so little amount of money. If I would have just opened a solo 401k, I could have invested that money into it. It would have been a tax write-off for my business Yep, and it would have been a tax deduction. For like, yeah. We'll, we'll get to... We'll get to yeah. different the new the other IRAs and the other four one Ks. But Jake, I hope that answers your question, bud. Yeah, I hope so. I appreciate the voicemail. And again, guys, uh, you know, if if you have any questions for us, you know, if it's a money question, you know, a lifestyle or how to manage money or something you kind of are conflicted with, click the link down below in the show notes and uh, and yeah. leave us a voicemail. Yeah, guys, please. No, no question is a bad question, and nope. you know, just just please ask. You know, ask. Yep. All right, guys. Well, hey, appreciate you all listening, taking the time to, uh, if you're driving in the car, going to work, or if you're at the gym, pumping the iron, getting swole. We we, uh, we appreciate you guys taking the time to uh, <laughs> to <laughs> listen to Brad and I. Hell say, yeah, they do. Uh. say swole still. Oh, yeah. Guys, guys who don't ride bikes say swole. <laughs> <laughs> now, I didn't know we were being hurtful. <laughs> <laughs> oh man guys thanks so much for listening until next one you guys take care